Have you been watching Westworld? Speaking of uh, colored hats. Are there colored hats in Westworld? Well, there's white hats and black hats. Is that a reference to hackers? Other way around, actually. Okay, yes. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I have not watched Westworld. Oh, okay. Um, I avoid shows like that until later in their run. Oh, that's right. You can't watch a show until you know it's good or finishes or whatever. Yeah, I can't because the, the amount of... Uh, interest and non-stop talking about that that show generates mm-hmm. uh just exhausts me you don't have to do any of that but i'm exposed to it already <laughs> and i can't and so I, just watch the show it's an hour extra out of your life but if i did watch it i would become one of those people <laughs> which is fine like i'm okay with being enthusiastic yeah. about something i'm really into but i don't want to get like i don't want to get that into a show mm-hmm Unless I have some kind of guarantee that it's going somewhere. I mean, Be- because lost. <laughs> like, and I, I had this conversation with a coworker. Yeah. And they were like, I wish I didn't start watching it because of lost. And I started watching it and now I can't help myself. And you're just, you put yourself on a train and you have no control over it. And that train might just go flying off a cliff and you have no idea and you can't control it. And I want to make sure there's not a cliff coming up before I get on. I don't the train. think I'm invested enough in my TV shows. <laughs> like if I if I don't like a show or I stop liking a show, I just stop watching it. But it's but it's it seems like the kind of show that it doesn't matter whether or not you like it. It <laughs> it puts a hook in your brain that forces you to continue watching yeah. it. Well, to be fair, um, like if if I were in that camp of like people who are ruined by Lost. By the way, I think Lost was fine. Okay. Uh, I I was perfectly satisfied with the ending of Lost. But that's another story. Uh, it is created by the good Nolan brother. Uh, Jonathan. Jonathan, Jonathan Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to the okay Nolan brother? Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I've slowly realized that uh, all of Chris Nolan's stuff is only good because of Jonathan Nolan. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so it's like yeah. Jonathan Nolan created this. He also created Person of Interest, which is an amazing show okay. that has ended. So you can watch it if you want. Great. I'm still working on Battlestar. I know. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Twice. Uh, and, and honestly, that was enough to get me on board. And I was a little bit trepidatious mm-hmm. uh, because there was a lot of early stories about like its depiction of sex. And, you yeah. know. HBO does not have a strong history of positively de- de- displaying nude female figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this Westworld definitely has some of this. Um, the latest episode had what has been dubbed by many people to be the world's most boring orgy. <laughs> uh, I cut it from our last recording, but this is the second recording in a row where orgies has That's been the true. subject. That's true. That is true. Uh, but there was a, there was a really boring, like... Yep, everybody's having sex now, and then like three characters are having a conversation in front of all of that. Oh, HBO does that all they the do. time. And and this wasn't even as bad as some of the sex position on uh, sex position is what we call it, by the way. Oh yeah, uh, on like the the worst of it in like uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, there's just a lot of naked people in the background on Game yeah. of Thrones. And this was this was like that, and it was it was supposed to be like this bacchanal of like titillation, and it was just kind of boring. Yeah, and it's like, yep, yeah, that's yeah, those are naked people. 
Yep, and they're just yep. doing stuff with their bodies to each other. Yeah, it was just it was so bland, uh, which was weird. It's well, it's a. I feel like it's a very similar problem to when you get uh, poor violence and action and and mm-hmm. like action movies. Yeah, where you can just have chaos, bullets flying everywhere, punches being like and Michael it's, Bay. Mike, yeah, yeah, Bayhem, and it's well, yeah. Bayhem's a little different, but like, yeah, you can get this kind of crazy action that is just nothing. Yeah, it doesn't produce a response. It's mindless, even though the yeah. the things happening on screen are extreme, they're just yeah. not portrayed in a way that makes you feel anything. Yeah, uh, surprising to hear that about an orgy, but yeah, it's possible. HBO's good at it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> they get it. Um, uh, that's one of the other reasons why I haven't started watching Westworld is. Um, I don't enjoy shows where there's just a bunch of like really extreme violence yeah, or just like a bunch of naked bodies for Mm -hmm. no reason. I don't like, you got to use, uh, nudity for real good reasons. And when it's just happening, it bugs me. It's, it's arguable that Westworld is making a commentary on that. I don't think it is finished making that commentary yet sure uh, but there's there's a intentional or otherwise very strong resonance with a lot of like like it's because it's about a video game like westworld is a right. is a video game except it's got robots instead of digital avatars like, mm-hmm. but other than that it's basically you know gta in the old west <laughs> yeah you know, there's all these storylines you can get involved with you can just run around shooting and having sex with people yeah and there is there is an opportunity for them to like critique that mm-hmm. but the show has not quite committed to it yet it's trying like two of right. the lead characters are women who have been who are robots who are hosts who are part of this world who are sort of becoming self-aware and realizing all these terrible things they've gone through okay uh and so that that can happen although it's also uh failing to depict anybody other than like really anybody experiencing westworld other than like straight white dudes who want to have sex and shoot people see and that so that's what i've heard like yeah is is Westworld a dumb fantasy? Is the show just someone creating their dumb fantasy of having sex and shooting people, which sounds like a very straight white dude thing yeah. to do? Or is it a commentary on that? I think it wants to be a commentary on that, but it's getting there slowly. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone pointed out, a critic I really like, uh, Todd Vanderwerf is his name. Mm-hmm. He's uh, uh, the critic at large for Vox.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, you know, after his, he watched the pilot of Westworld, he goes, it either starts way too early or way too late in the story. Okay. Meaning that if it's about, like, these people, like, becoming self-aware and, like, fighting back, like, we're way too early in the story for that. We're just getting, like, little bits and pieces of that. Like, that should be the pilot. Is, like, they become aware. Right. Yeah. Uh, or something along those lines. And there's there's hints of that, but it's not there. It's you know, we're six or seven episodes in by now, and I think it's still starting to kind of get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's starting way too late because it would be really interesting to see like the creation of Westworld and sort of the idea that 
you know, are we, is it just being catered to, you know, what people think they want and what that turns out to be is, you know, straight rich white dudes. Right. Because it's established in the, in the universe that it costs about $40,000 per day that you spend in Westworld. Dang. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that good. Well, that's, that's an argument worth having. <laughs> um, but I don't have $40,000, so I don't know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, I want it to be good. It's not there yet. Have you ever wanted something to be bad? No. <laughs> uh, but there are shows that I've watched and go, this is bad, and then I'm done. Right. Like, in an episode or two. Yeah. Um, you know what I expect will happen? Yeah. Is when I when Game of Thrones starts and mm-hmm. I start paying for HBO Now again, Yeah. I'll probably just watch that the first season of Westworld. I'll yeah. probably just binge it whatever whatever's available at that time HBO. yeah because that's the other thing is i don't yeah. pay for hbo unless game of thrones is on mm. uh so I'm starting a new show that i am not sure of is not a reason for me to start paying for it <laughs> that's fair yeah i'll probably just binge it then and be like okay that was good and then i'll just keep watching it. yeah because i'll be sucked in yeah and then i'll get bad and then i'll get mad about it <laughs> like game of thrones like well game of thrones ha- has has alternated between good and mediocre and never got great <laughs> i would argue the first season of game of thrones was pretty spot on yeah i mean it was good yeah there's just plenty of problems with it well that's fair yeah there are that um not like Battlestar, man what a perfect show <laughs> <laughs> do you do you like the last half of Battlestar? yeah uh so battle Battlestar is never great also. okay okay uh, but i i love it very deeply because mm-hmm. it's very much it's it's a show that is like just about its characters yeah and there's just really really great characters uh but all of the very campy like really intense weird sci-fi religion mm-hmm. weirdness that happens especially in the second half of Battlestar, yeah. uh is bad i think but okay. it ma- but it makes me love it more okay uh, i i love the show despite its badness and all of its because it comes across as so weird that's interesting like because i would argue the the final couple seasons of lost do the same thing the difference with lost is that lost lost just promised so much and never delivered like if the point, if the creator's point in Lost was to frustrate the viewer, they succeeded. But like Battlestar never, Battlestar gets crazy weird and does all kinds of weird stuff, but it never frustrates you because it never makes promises that it's going to like give you all of the perfect answers. Yeah. And Lost did that and was like, oh, never mind. We're not that kind of show. Yeah, I don't know. I think, again, I think Lost, I think Lost was a story about its characters I yeah, think it the was. fandom made it a story about the mysteries. But the writers played up the mysteries as if they were going to solve them for you. You should read, uh, if you get a chance, the... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this guy's name. <laughs> I, I love him as a writer uh, and a creator. Uh, Xavier Guerrillo Marwash. Great. Uh, I'm going to pretend that's how I how it's pronounced. Okay. Or pretend that I pronounced it correctly in that spot. <laughs> um, Javi is whatever like he goes by. J-A-V-I. Uh-huh. Um, he created my one of my favorite shows called The Middleman. Uh, but he was a writer on the first two and a half seasons of Lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, two and a half or maybe all three. He quit 
before the third season started, I think. Mm -hmm. But he put out a really awesome, very long blog post answering the question of, did we make it all up as we went? Hmm. Uh, And it kind of goes in a lot of places and it's, and it's talking about his experience, which, you know, didn't include the last few seasons Mm -hmm. as a writer. And he didn't really watch it either uh, Hmm. after he left it, but he watched the finale. Uh, And he talks about the things that they did know when the show started and the things that they didn't know, but also about like the process of making TV and the process of making this show in particular. Yeah. Uh, And you know, the, the, the hatch is a great example. Right. Uh, which was this huge mystery that was in the back half of the first season and got answered in the second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and J.J. Abrams wanted the hatch to be in the first episode. Okay. Uh, because J.J. Abrams loves the mystery box. He loves putting mysteries in boxes literally what when yes. don't they send press mystery boxes that i think so weird stuff he does a, he does a whole ted talk on mystery boxes yeah. and he loves the mystery more than what's in the box right and which is some would argue is a problem with some of jj abram's work mm-hmm. i i would agree with that i think yeah. that's a problem with some of his work yeah uh but one of the other producers uh, who eventually became who was the showrunner jj abrams created the show but was not running it from day to day mm-hmm. had a general thing which is that he would not allow a mystery to be presented unless he knew the answer to it. Okay. So he had to know what was in the box before they were going to present it to the audience. Yeah. Um, and which is why the hatch does not show up until about halfway through the season. Because maybe like they had the idea for They had it, the idea of there's, there's hatch in the jungle. Hadn't figured it out but yet. But they don't know what it is. And I think that's a very smart, safe way to write a show. It is. And I, I think it was especially a show like Lost. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of things that were set from the very early stages of Lost. Uh, things like the what the island was, mm-hmm. um, which is you know a you know it's got a pool that contains good and evil, or stops the evil from getting out into the world, or however they describe it in the end. Right. But like that was decided very early on in the process. Yeah, that was, the island was never not that. Mm. Uh, and. They spent months in the writer's room trying to figure out what was going to be in the hatch. Uh, because they didn't know. They had to say, we're going to have this thing, but we can't put it out there. We can't write it until we know right. what it is. And the showrunner basically, like he, he was apparently known for like these sorts of weird bouts of inspiration. He walks in to the writer's room one day and goes, inside the hatch, there's a man and if he doesn't push a button every so often, the world will end. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it was. And it was brilliant. Yeah, it's it's great. Do you remember the opening of season two when it, when Yes. And it's it the, oh. the first scene in the first episode, it shows what's I forget the character's name, but he's just going about his yeah. daily business inside it's a great scene. In a well, you know, apartment seeming yeah. kind of thing, doing dishes, playing music. Running on his bike. Running yeah, doing his bike. And then and then after like five minutes of just following this guy around doing his whatever, it reveals he's inside the hatch. Yeah. And it was incredible. It was and a like, great moment. Lost is capable of that. Yeah. And I don't, a lot of people's problem with Lost was like you just described, like the island is this, has these weird things that like contain evil and like yeah. all these weird unexplained or not fully explained kind of uh, 
quasi-religious mm-hmm. elements in the show, and I don't mind that. Okay. Like, I don't mind unfully explained phenomenon. Okay, what do you mind? The thing I don't like is that the show spent so much time and so much effort on the characters trying to figure it all out and then never letting them. Well, the ones and that like, the like survived just, till the end figured it out. But like, <laughs> but, but like just wasting time. Like you have so much like, like oh, we're going to go on this crazy long journey to go Oh, there was a lot out. of wasting time. And then, oh, wait, like when we get there, it's a different thing. And now we have to turn around there and was, like try there again. There was like, a lot of wasting time. Frustrating the viewer is bad. You yeah. shouldn't do that. Okay, so you were frustrated with the middle of Lost, not the end of Lost. Yeah, I don't mind the way Lost ended. I just mind that it never fulfilled its promises to the viewer so i can my viewing experience of lost minimized that and i'll tell you how did you binge it well sort of Uh so i watched the entire first season of lost and it was amazing and i started the second season i got i watched most of the second season and then i didn't really watch it anymore after that Mm-hmm. Uh, like the last episode I watched, which may have been third season now that I'm, I'm thinking about it, was not Penny's Boat. Oh, my God. Which was like amazing. But like oh. that was the season finale. And I stopped there. That I, think, I think I went a couple episodes past it, but I, I trailed off after that, that. Just those three words is like still emotionally devastating. Right? That's rough. Right? Yeah. Like it, That's that, good TV. Yeah. The show is <laughs> capable of that kind of yeah. greatness. Uh, and I think I watched a few episodes after that, but I, I really wasn't paying attention to it. And I did not watch the fifth or sixth season at all. Uh, and the finale was coming up, and I had friends who were going to... This is this is early days of Twitter. My friend, yeah, I had friends yeah. who were going to live tweet it. Um, <laughs> and so I decided to watch the entirety of what, of what had come up till that point in preparation of the finale in about a week. Wow. Uh, which was five or six episodes a day mm-hmm. in a week. That's like leading up to it. Yeah. And watching it like that, the rough edges absolutely get sanded off. Right. Because uh, you're not, you don't have six days in between each view. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I barely remember the episode about Jack's tattoos. <laughs> there's a, there's only a few handful of episodes that are just straight up bad. That's one of them. Yeah. That and the the diamonds and the spiders. Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Can't believe we're talking about Lost. Yeah. Um, the yeah. Battlestar is good. Uh, it's very campy. That's the thing. I'm because <laughs> on my first on my first watch of Battlestar. Yeah. Um, you you get very caught up in the like trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Right. And in my second viewing, I'm not caught up in any of the mysteries. Uh, so I just get to like observe it more and it is so campy <laughs> there is some real just some just bad acting just really weird sets and fat adama so yeah. that, that's that's all i need but uh but it's so wonderful because the characters are just so great yeah <laughs> you just fall in love with the people on Battlestar. um Oh, I've been rewatching Leverage, which has uh, what uh, what's her name from Battlestar in it? Oh yeah, in one season. Hmm. Nope, that's entirely wrong. <laughs> None of those statements I said are correct. Jerry Ryan is in it. I don't know who, who is. That is. Uh, she played Seven of Nine in in Voyager. Cool. 
she's not confusing your battle stars and your star treks i know my star treks way better <laughs> i've seen half or so of Battlestar galactica yeah um i watched a good movie last night yeah what'd you watch uh take shelter i don't know this i know gimme shelter is there anything like that i don't think so okay um take shelter is a movie uh starring michael shannon who's a very uh large scary looking man i don't know who this is uh he played popular roles he played the bad guy in the bad superman movies recently didn't watch those good um i don't I, know. I haven't seen a Zack snyder movie since watchmen good <laughs> i realized that recently i was like wow that was the last Zack snyder movie i saw um michael shannon has a really large head like that's his most defining characteristic he's uh his co-star is jessica chastain i don't know who that is uh she was the lead in zero dark 30 i didn't see that uh she's a very good uh and compared to michael shannon very small human (laughs) actress uh but that's actually like one of the interesting things i noticed while i was watching the movie is like michael shannon is probably six five or something okay. and it's just huge like yeah. not not like big and beefy muscular just his hands just, are large a large his person head is big. he's had the scale dialed up a little bit yeah and then there's like a scene where uh like jessica chastain plays his wife okay and he uh they like hug and he kind of like collapses into her arms a little <laughs> bit and she's just like trying to hold up this like hulk <laughs> of a man uh it was very sweet and like they like hold hands in one scene and his hand like engulfs her entire arm okay it's bizarre (laughs) Uh, but it's a really good movie he uh he starts like seeing and hearing things and having uh weird dreams Hmm. uh where things are attacking him and stuff and he seems to be slowly losing his mind yeah uh and then uh really bizarre things happen and it's it's incredibly unsettling. Yeah. It's really good. It's like one of it was a really really good movie, but it's very hmm. creepy and unsettling. There's a couple scenes where there's large swarms of birds, hmm. uh, which is a phobia of mine. Oh, really? This might be my only phobia. Yeah. Uh, it's not too intense, but it's a phobia, and that is just an irrational fear. I do not like swarms of things. Yeah. Uh, no. If I see a there's swarm, too many. Oh God! Just they, the way they move, they do like the twisty and like swirly <laughs> patterns and there's just a lot of little black specks and they're all it's too many too many mm, yeah too many um yeah god i don't like swarms okay there's a couple swarms of birds yeah which is bad <laughs> uh it's a really good movie you should watch it okay yeah it's nothing like gimme shelter it doesn't sound like it no no you know gimme shelter uh it's probably a movie about shelters no it's a it's a rolling stones uh concert film oh yeah they have a song called give me shelter yeah. right yeah uh but it was really fascinating because it's a documentary about this free concert they gave mm-hmm. and so it's like a concert film like there's lots of footage of the concert right but also the concert was like had lots of bad things happen at it interesting like hell's angels were the security guards a guy got stabbed and the stabbing was on footage like the footage is in the movie of the guy oh. getting stabbed um, and so the movie is also about like there are scenes of the stones watching the footage from their concert and like all these crazy things happening and like scenes of the mayor of whatever whatever town it was in like hmm. talking about it and reacting to it and so it's sort of about like the concert 
broadly, but also with a bunch of Stones performances. Interesting. That sounds more exciting than Take Shelter. Yeah. It was pretty good. Not as upsetting, though. Not as upsetting. Take Shelter was very upsetting. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. You know what movie I want to see but scares me? Like, mm. do the trailers that scare me and I want to see it still? <laughs> uh, Don't Breathe? Uh, I've heard of that. Tell me about it. So, uh, a group of hoodlums uh, who are perf- robbers uh, yes, I watched this break trailer. into a blind guy's house. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he's blind. He won't even know we're there. We can just take all his stuff. Mm-hmm. But it turns out he's like blind and like the superpower kind of blind like where very skilled at yeah knowing where things he knows are where still. everything is in his house and he, kn- he knows they're in there but he's pretending they don't and they're like fighting each other and he cuts the power to the house so it's really dark right and so they can't see but he doesn't have that problem because he can't see anyway <laughs> uh, it's the weirdest remake of wait until dark i've ever seen that's an obscure reference but someone who listens to this podcast will get that and they'll make me laugh yeah i didn't get that i'm sorry it's okay uh it was basically the same premise uh except instead of it was who was in the movie i want to say aubrey hepburn but that's not that doesn't sound right uh a young married Mm -hmm. woman who has recently lost her sight is uh attacked in her home Mm -hmm. by a couple of thieves who are you know trying to steal her stuff or hide a body or something i don't remember the details mm-hmm. and then she of course fights back against them by turning off the lights because she knows where everything is right like literally the same premise uh it was actually a stage play as well uh, i saw it on stage and it's really cool to see on stage because they black out the entire set for portions but like stuff is still happening that you can't uh-huh. see but what's the Okay. Well, because the light comes back on, so like and things are changed, and things are changed, or uh, you know, a guy has a lighter, or so he's got matches, and so then he, like that's yeah. the only illumination. And like there was a safety warning beforehand, like we're covering up the exit signs. Here are where the exits are. In case of emergency, we will turn the lights back on. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and they cool. had to get special permission from like the fire marshal, right? Uh, because the entire room was blacked out. That's which cool. was pretty crazy. That's really cool. Um, and then they're also like running around on stage in a total blackout, which is kind of dangerous if you're not doing it perfectly. And you can still like, if you're in the audience, you can like hear what's going on uh-huh. on stage. Yeah, yeah, that's it was, awesome. It was a, it was a really good play. Uh, I so don't breathe sounds like uh, like a reversal of a home invasion. Yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, it still sounds like I don't want to watch it because, like, I do not ever want to watch home invasion movies. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but that just—you don't want your home invaded. I don't want my home invaded, but I mean, lots of things happen in movies that I don't yeah. want, and I'll watch them. But I, it, I can't imagine that being entertaining. Yeah. It just sounds too terrifying. I would, I would like to see it, but I do think it would be scary. But it's interesting that it's a little different because, like, I imagine the guy, the blind guy. Kind of, will get his revenge. I suspect so. It doesn't sound like the kind of movie where he loses. No, no. It sounds like the kind of movie where the uh, the people who broke into his house have a really bad time. Yeah, um, but still, just sounds too stressful for me to enjoy. That's fair. Yeah. Are you, are you much of a horror, scary movie person? Generally, no. Yeah. Uh, I did just buy Trick or Treat on okay. Blu-ray, uh, which is a Halloween anthology film that came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a pretty low budget affair, but it's it's three sort of unique stories, yeah, uh, that are all loosely connected. But it's they're they're fun little unique Halloween stories that are not quite like anything else. Yeah, and that was fun. I like horror comedies. Yeah, uh, I think Scream is a great film. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah i'm not i'm not a big horror movie fan yeah there's there's lots of sub genres of horror and there's certain ones i just will never yeah and like like home invasion or um like body horror like yeah like saw yeah like violence porn yeah did you ever see uh panic room the fincher yeah yeah i didn't is it good yeah okay I watched that. I guess that's kind of that's a home invasion. It movie. is. That's what I was asking. Uh, but it's Fincher, so I watched it. Yeah. Well, I, I know you like Fincher. That's why I was asking. I was like, I and, and I think yeah. it's good because well, there's a, there's less. Uh, it's a home invasion, but the the victim is never with the attackers. Like, yeah. She spends the entire time in the panic room, so it's yeah. more of a claustrophobic movie. That's fair. Uh, but panic room's good. Yeah. You would also like, and it, it is a home invasion movie, but with a similar sort of twist that mm-hmm. I think um, Panic Room had is a different take on the genre. Uh, Your Next is a really good movie mm-hmm. that I don't want to say much more about. Sure. But I'll uh, look it up. It's good. Um, I'm f- I tend to enjoy uh, older horror movies, if anything, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because they're less uh less good's the wrong term they're less effective at uh, scaring the crap out of you yeah right like just the longer you go into in time like mm-hmm. the more effective movies get at finding ways to make you terrified well the good ones do anyway right uh well i mean even even not the good ones like a mediocre horror movie now can more effectively do a individual thing that can just freak you out but like for example, The Shining is a horror movie, and I think it's an incredible movie. It doesn't like scare you the way a modern horror movie can. Well, so there's there's different types of scares, uh, right? And there, this there was a brilliant essay, maybe, or an example by I want to say Hitchcock mm-hmm. about the difference between like shock and surprise and suspense. Mm-hmm. Um, I even I think I referenced it in my thesis at one point. <laughs> um, but so two people sitting at a at a coffee table and a bomb explodes is shock. Right. That's the jump scare that you get in so many movies. Yep. Um, but suspense is you watch somebody plant a bomb under their table. Right. And then two people sit down and start <laughs> having tea. Right. Uh, and that is much more effective. Mm-hmm. From a, a terror standpoint, I would say that the The Shining is much more on that end of the spectrum, right? Uh, you know, it does it does an amazing thing that would be a jump scare in any other horror movie. Um, lead actress, I don't know her name. I, I just want to call her Olive Oil, which is really, <laughs> just a terrible thing. Um, um, it's clear she and I and I've read uh, stuff from like behind the scenes. She spends a lot of the, her on-screen time not acting how scared she is. Yeah, no, because Stanley Kubrick was an abusive person. Yeah, and, and really, director. really damaged yeah, her. It was a problem. Yeah. Um, but so there's the there's the famous Here's Johnny scene. Right. So uh, she runs away. She locks herself in the bathroom or the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in any other horror movie, before or after, there's that moment of rest. Right. Acts through the door. Right. And you see it next to her head, and it's very scary, and that's a and, shock, and right. it's a jump. Shining flips that on its head mm-hmm. because she locks herself in the room, and then we see Jack Nicholson walking up with the axe, talking. Yeah. 
and we see him take the first swing. It is not shocking. It is not a jump scare at all. Right. But it's terrifying because it's drawn out. It's terrifying because it's a man trying to kill his wife. (laughs) Right. That's the the true horror. Right. Uh, Yeah. I haven't seen The Shining in a long time. Yeah. It's okay. It's a scary movie. My My favorite horror movie. Yeah is probably and it's like half horror half sci-fi mm-hmm. probably alien yeah it's absolutely a horror film it's a it's a it's a horror movie and sci-fi trappings yeah yeah because it just just happens it happens to, in space happens to be on a spaceship yeah. and it's and the bad thing's an alien but it's a horror movie but it's a horror movie yeah yeah i lot most people like uh, aliens well aliens is an action movie right and most people yeah. like that better yeah than alien but pff, boy i'll watch alien any day it's a scary movie yeah it's terrifying <laughs> uh, i saw two really good horror movies in the last year yeah yeah uh it follows i watched that too real good that was very good very good tension suspense exactly because you you just like there's whole long scenes in that movie where you're just watching the the, the background the yeah person yeah, yeah. Just slowly creep up yeah oh, oh so good uh and the witch didn't see that which i just bought on on blu-ray as well mm-hmm. uh, we watched that one not because we wanted to see it as a horror movie, although it, it was an amazing horror movie, mm-hmm. uh, but because it's about Puritans, and that's what Amy's writing about. <laughs> I'm like, well, we got to go see that. Not Pilgrims. Not Pilgrims. <laughs> uh, but but that was an amazing, again, tension horror film. Yeah. Like, there, there are very few jump scares, but it is it is a depiction of like that time and that mindset uh-huh. uh, and the fear of like witches and demons mm-hmm. uh, and paranoia and oh just so good I bet I, bet I might enjoy that because I, I like uh, I like religious yeah stuff. well and it is it is interesting. it is absolutely infused with with accurate portrayals of Puritan religious beliefs nice it's really good I'd loan you the DVD but no <laughs> How's your cat? Cat's doing well. Yeah. Cat has reached the phase where uh, he's much more comfortable around the house. That's good. Uh, so like I can just like before you came over, he was uh-huh. just laying on the floor. Oh. You know, just hanging out or yeah. you know just sit on the couch. Uh, but when I'm laying on something, mm-hmm. uh, he's now needy to the point of being annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he now needs to be there with you and attentioned. Yes. Like if I am laying on the couch or laying in bed, he demands to be scratched and petted. <laughs> and sometimes I'm happy to oblige and sometimes I'm not. Yeah. Thankfully, he's still skittish enough that I can just snap my fingers and he'll freak out. It scares <laughs> the crap out of him. Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> uh, so like I'll be petting him and then I'll be like, okay, I'm trying to read. And I... And I don't have. Does I'm, he like put his paw on you? And he'll Does just, he like he'll, nuzzle you? He just shoves his face. And he, he's a very strong animal, and there's a lot of force behind it. He'll just yeah. like headbutt me and shove his face into my hands and <laughs> into my side. And it can be cute, and then I'll pet him, and it'll be really fun and enjoyable. We'll have some quality time yeah. together. And then when I feel like I'm done, I'll just snap my fingers, and he'll freak out and run away. And be like, oh. okay, now, now we're done. Well, I almost uh, killed myself because of my cat today. Great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> only kind of. What uh, Well, so Amy asked me to, uh, so you have a cat. Every so often you're supposed to like do a full dump of the litter. Right. Like, you dump it out. You clean the box. Uh, you know, put fresh new litter in. And so I was doing that. 
Uh, and so I dumped it all out. I was like, I need to clean this box. So uh, we have a cleaning spray that's like a Clorox, you know, disinfectant, whatever, you know, Clorox plus cleaner cleaning spray. Yeah. Uh, and so I spray that in the box and I'm starting to wipe it. And I notice <gasps> this really weird smell. Good, you figured out what was happening. Oh, no. Uh, so cat urine. Oh, no, Kevin. Has ammonia in it. And what are the two things you're not supposed to mix in household products? Ammonia and bleach. Oh. And why are you not supposed to do that? Because it creates some noxious fume that kills you. Chlorine gas. It, oh, it creates chlorine, chlorine gas. gas. Like World War One chlorine yeah. gas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I recognize the smell of chlorine. And I'm like, oh no. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and so, like, I leave the room. Yeah. And I go get a fan and I air it out for a little while. Then I use vinegar to clean the rest of it. But, uh, yeah, smart. It was like that moment of, and I had a headache for a while. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I was like, chlorine's you know, bleach. real bad yeah, for Yeah. Me. I was just like, oh yeah, bleach. Like, that's, that's good. You know, things have peed on this. I should probably, you know, use bleach yeah. to clean it. Uh, yeah, don't. Yeah. I mean, the problem with that is it's like, it's very intuitive. Like, bleach was real good at cleaning stuff, yeah. and you've got to get that litter box <laughs> real clean. Why not use some bleach? Yeah. Um, my uh and and as i learned when i was googling this after the fact um the uh, ammonia in cat urine is what sticks around and concentrates the most as as everything else like evaporates oh really yeah <laughs> jeez wow like it gets worse over time you did this yesterday today today oh jeez well i'm glad you're alive yeah while i was home alone uh so that would have, it could have been real bad <laughs> Yeah, because you could have just passed out and then yeah. died. Yeah. Dang. Uh, I, I'm real glad I didn't. Uh, yeah, I am too. But it was a little bit of a panic moment, uh, like smelling chlorine. Yeah. So like what does do, what I recognize the smell of chlorine? You ever been to a public pool? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course. Like, that's what it smells like. Wow. Why isn't it dangerous there? Uh, well, typically two things are happening. A, the amount you're, you're smelling is very small, and uh, chlorine dissolves in water. Because it's the chlorine in the water, and it's yeah. fine when it's yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're not inhaling it. Wow, uh, I've never done that, thankfully. Uh, but it's because my dad always like that was one of those like around the house things that yeah. dad always drilled into me. Not yeah. necessarily my mom. My mom was much more of the around the house person. Mm -hmm. uh, because my. Well, my dad was younger. Soon after he moved to the U.S., uh, he was a manager at a Papa Gino's okay. pizza place. Are there Papa Gino's around? Not here? that I know of. I've never heard of that before. Really? Oh, it's an extremely common chain in New England. Okay, it's just a whatever. It's, it's, pizza it's a chain. it's a Pizza Hut or a Papa yeah. John's. Yeah, or... exactly. Uh, he was manager at a Papa Gino's. Yeah, and he was closing up and cleaning one night. Yeah, and he was like, uh, "Well, I got this ammonia, and I got oh, this bleach." And these are my cleaning supplies that I have to clean the store with. And yep. you know what will make this a much more effective and I faster mix cleaning them together process? and use one surface. Yeah, if I everything. take this bucket and I dump in equal parts ammonia and bleach oh, into this man. bucket, and he almost killed himself oh. and like, like essentially, gas bombed the entire yeah. store. Oh, I'm glad your dad's okay. Yep. Yeah, he was he was fine. Yeah. I don't 
it like thankfully recognized his error and got out in time. Yeah. Uh, but because of that, he whenever whenever any one of us kids like went into the cupboard <laughs> like, with don't the cleaning supplies, and bleach. We tell, every time, make sure you don't mix ammonia and bleach. We'd be like, we get it. We know. We know, Dad. We're not. Yeah, I wasn't even mixing them. It just like right. I was like, I was like, it's a cleaning spray. Because you yeah. you knew not to do that beforehand. I did. Like yeah. I knew. Like that's a thing I know that I've picked up over the years. Don't mix ammonia. I don't think that we have ammonia in our apartment. Like, I don't even think I could mix them if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you, I, I guess you, you can just go buy a bottle of ammonia, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know why you would. It smells real bad. It does. It smells real bad. That's why we needed to clean the cat box. <laughs> <laughs> and bleach smells real good. So you clean it with does bleach. It? it smells clean. It smells like bleach. I've. Don't mind the smell of bleach. Okay. I mean, like, ammonia is, is actively horrid. Yeah. You know what I mind the smell of? Hmm. Chlorine. The internet is surprisingly fragile. Well, yes. Yes Yes or no. Like, it's... DDoS attacks are hard to stop. Right. There are... Um, the point of the internet is to be, like, really, really... Uh, uh, I can't think of the right word. Federalized? Not federalized. Not federal. Not on the opposite of that. Defederalized. Defederalized. <laughs> yeah, where like decentralized. Decentralized, where there are zero large entities controlling yeah. the infrastructure of the internet, and unfortunately, there are. Well, there's ICANN. Yeah, but I mean, like the like the hardware of it. Yeah, but unfortunately, there are some very large entities controlling huge amounts of the hardware infrastructure mm-hmm. of the internet like this dns service that got yeah. ddosed which can just take out took out like twitter and facebook and just amazon like, was down for a while like, yeah like the whole east it was real funny uh because so my my job is related to the internet mm-hmm. and uh we were looking at the heat map of where everything was down it was like the whole east coast and austin <laughs> <laughs> We're like where things were getting hit because we were getting hit as well. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, we were impacted. Uh, I mean, I, I, I guess we were using that DNS server. Yeah, must have been. Yeah. Um, uh, an old girlfriend's dad uh, was like the IT director or the CTO of mm-hmm. some bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was always really interesting talking to him because his job was to like go into work every day and just deal with the non-stop onslaught of, <laughs> of attacks of people trying to attack his bank yeah which if you're a bank is, is constant yeah stop there's always yeah. people trying to attack your bank and just getting and if you're wells fargo they're doing it from the inside too oh that's a really horrible story um, yeah wells fargo is the worst yeah <laughs> um like he like he goes to work he would go to work every day and just fend off ddos's wow every day that's all he does which sounds hard <laughs> it does it does i think it's really cool that this was a ddos from the internet of things like that's upsetting well that too and i was i was, I was thinking i was like do i own any internet of things things like i don't think i do wasn't it was it was tied it was traced back to like a s- single chinese manufacturer of lots of yes different so things. but like cameras uh smart refrigerators yeah um and i was like i don't know that i have many smart products i don't think i do like i have my computers but right. those were not those were not part of the attack 
those, as far as I know, are not part of any botnet. Yeah, I'm. I avoid those kinds of products. Yeah. I I kind of like the idea of some of them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not ready to put a door lock on my apartment that could prevent me from getting into my apartment if Bluetooth isn't working. Yeah, like that just That's... or could be used in a DDoS attack. <laughs> like that just sounds not yet. Yeah, you know what I mean. Ten years into the future, maybe this will well, all just be get, sorted out. Well, if we would put some better like encryption tools on them and customizing, and not make the password tied to the firmware. Right, right. Um, all the, these things that like the internet people have been saying for years. But there's, <laughs> hooray capitalism. There's no reason to do it. Yeah, because you can still sell them without doing it. Yeah, and maybe not so much because this was a fairly public event. Relatively, I suspect most folks like even if they know it's like oh it was cameras or refrigerators, yeah, they're not right. gonna like avoid that brand or think about why they were or would not doing that right. And generally, these are things that are you know the Internet of Things things are generally being bought by for the most part still your your bleeding edge tech folks. Yeah, I mean it's expanding, but that's the biggest market still. Yeah. People who want to buy Hue light bulbs so they can, you know, dramatically change the color of their light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> like, God help me, I have tried so hard to understand that. Did I tell you the one time I found those useful? No. So, I didn't buy them. A friend of mine bought them and he returned them after this useful thing. Okay. Um, there's a game... That is amazing, and it's more amazing if you love Star Trek like I do. But it's amazing regardless. Uh-huh. Um, and I would I would call it a mix of a live action role playing game and a video game. Okay. Uh, and it's called Artemis, the Artemis Spaceship Bridge Simulator. Uh, and you play this ideally in a group of six people, five or six, mm-hmm. uh, and you each gather together in a room with your computers, and you put them all on the same network. And you then become the head station of each different portion of a spaceship. So, and a, a Star Trek-esque spaceship. So, yeah. Helm is controlling where you're going and how you're getting there. Weapons controls the weapons. Engineering controls the power consumption of different parts of the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, communications lets you communicate to other ships that are around. Yeah. Uh, all like AI stuff generally. Uh, science officers are scanning what's out there in the universe trying to find cool things for you to go and the captain does not have a computer in front of him or her but instead has a main screen Hmm. where they see everything that sounds kind of cool it's amazing it's an amazing thing Uh, and uh, a friend of mine used to throw Artemis parties where we would get you know uh, at most I think we had four ships running because you could network multiple ships together as well wow so in four different rooms, we had four different ships, each huh. commanded by their crew. Um, and so the captain would say, yeah, you know, forward view on the main screen. Uh, engineering, you know, how are we looking on power? Yeah. Uh, Helm, set a course for this. Weapons, hold off. Don't fire yet. Uh, and, they, and you talk back and forth. And so you're, you're role-playing these roles, but mm-hmm. also, like, running a spaceship. And it's really cool. And a friend of mine uh, bought some Hue light bulbs. For this Artemis party, mm-hmm. so that uh, the captain could say red alert, and he had an if then this IFTT yep. trigger 
where he could push a button and it would turn his hue light bulbs red and play the red alert noise from Star Trek. That's pretty cool. And so you could say red alert yeah. and hit a button and it would go woo. That's really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the best use of those light bulbs I've ever seen. Yeah. But that's like a very specialized use. Like Absolutely. That's, like that's, a, that's for production reasons, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, I don't... Like, I, I live in a smallish apartment, mm-hmm. and I have lights yeah, in I my apartment. Them. There's three of them right there. Um, and they're all attached to light switches. Yeah. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't, well, don't you want the light cooler or warmer n- no. or purple? No. Don't you I, want it purple? I don't. Purple light? I don't, I, Green light? I could maybe see the use of very slightly varying the color temperature. Yeah. Like warm to cool. Mm-hmm. Red, yellow to blue. A little bit. Well, like they, the things they tell you to do is like have your movie watching set up. So you know how you calibrate your TV mm-hmm. for proper viewing of films? Right. You can, that's that's based on the light not changing, the ambient light. So right. you, have to, you have to set it, okay, am I going to watch it at night? I'm going to watch it during the you know, morning. When am I going to calibrate it? Right. So that the light is consistent and that's the prime time for watching it. Well, you can, with the Hue light bulbs, set your light at the appropriate setting and keep them there. Mm-hmm. And then when you want to watch a movie, hit movie watching mode and it dims them to the appropriate amount where you can still see things and turns yeah. them blue or red. I don't know what color is good for watching movies. <laughs> and uh, then always Pop- have a button. Probably not red. Probably not red. <laughs> and then always have a button. And you put movie watching mode. And it's like, ooh, ah. Like, or you like, could have like a sexy time button where it turns all the lights purple. Okay. Okay. Like I, the movie watching thing is genuinely useful. You'd have to be extremely enthusiastic about like how much you care about how your movies look for that to be useful but yeah you know there are people like that who have yeah. like very specific home theater setups mm-hmm. and they want the lights They're to be just right and if that enables them like that yeah. kind of makes sense to me um the sexy time thing is a little bit different yeah, it's getting down uh you're a you're a committed man yes uh but i'm envisioning like meeting a, a nice lady <laughs> out on the town yeah and she comes back to my apartment and You're like, let, let me let me get this and we're like and we're, we both give each other a look and we're like okay yeah we're ready for sexy time now and then i open an app on my phone and hit a button and the lights change <laughs> she is gonna be out of that apartment so fast like is there anything less sexy than a prepared sexy time light mood? I don't know. It's like it's like going to your CD collection and taking out the one that says like a sex mix. <laughs> it's you can do that too. It's too intense. It's the same app now. You, you it's all on your phone. You could do that from your your app and your your Wi-Fi connected stereo system, and turn the lights on. It can like be a one button. I'm not saying that your <laughs> sex experience can't be enhanced by specific lighting. I'm just saying. The forethought makes it creepy. <laughs> right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's so funny. Also, also, um, uh, the ability 
two other things. Okay. The, ab- the ability to like make your lights whatever color, other uh-huh. than like genuine scientifically measured utility, like movie watching. Sure. But like, oh, I'm doing something and I want my lights to be purple now. Yeah, or, or oh, green. Or the, yeah, like, dude, shut up. Like, that's dumb. <laughs> like, just have normal color lights in your house. You know, if, you, if I were in someone's house or apartment and they just have like weird color accent lights all over the place, like... <laughs> But you can get like the the rope lights you put under no, your counters. Stop it! <laughs> it's dumb. It's it's a the people who buy it for those reasons are buying it because it's a novel technology, not because it's actually a useful. Or you can get the thing. the the bloom one that you like point at a wall. It makes the wall turn colors. Sure. There's a Mickey Mouse one. It looks like Mickey Mouse for some reason. Yep, it does. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know. It's silly. <laughs> Um, oh, and now I forgot the second thing because I'm upset. <laughs> I do see your point about uh, about bringing home a stranger. Yeah, God, that's so fucking weird. <laughs> like, if I reversed it and, and if I went to someone's someone's house. place and they yeah. were like, "Okay, it's sexy time now. Wait, let me set the lights." I'd be like, "What the fuck is going on? Why is this happening? I'm not ready for this." <laughs> Like, you've put in too much forethought into getting someone back to your apartment to have sex with them. And it what makes if, me What if they asked you first? If it was okay if they set the lights? Yeah. Consent is really important. Consent is the most important. Um, if they ask me, it really, there's... <laughs> sentences are hard. It really depends how they ask. Hey, Jesse, you want me to set some mood lighting? Nope. <laughs> If it's, if it's, okay, okay, I know, <laughs> but I got these cool new lights and they it's have really this, cool and they have these, and there's this cool sex setting. <laughs> Do you want to try this out? I'd be like, okay, I'm game. Okay. No. I just, I, I don't support, I don't support enabling weird nerds to do weird nerd things that aren't practical. <laughs> because... Someone has to. Because honestly, like from a UX design standpoint, yeah. I have kitchen lights on and I have a floor lamp on over my living room right now. Mm-hmm. If I want to turn those lights off yeah. or turn on the one in my bedroom, yeah, is it actually better for me to take my phone out of my pocket, open an app, assume it's perfectly reliable and the app just <laughs> loads and there's no firmware update for my lights or disconnected from my, my Wi-Fi network? I can just open an app, push a button, and have one light turn on and another light turn off. Is that really better than me reaching over and flipping a switch or getting out of my chair and walking over and flipping well, you know, a switch? What you need is one of those uh, in-home Amazon things. Oh, your uh, Alexa? Yeah. Alexa, turn off all my lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the easiest. I do agree with that. <laughs> I, I, like I do genuinely yeah. believe that controlling your home with your voice the, my, is a step yeah. in the my, my right direction. My parents have one of those. Yeah, yeah. Does it control their lights? It does not. They don't have smart lights. Okay. Uh, they've almost got it controlling their Nest, uh, <laughs> which is it. I mean, it it runs off of Android, mm-hmm. uh, I think, or there's you have to use, use an Android tablet as the home app. Okay. Um, that does a lot of the app integration stuff, uh, and it's not perfect yet. Like it's it's a neat yeah. thing. It needs to be a lot better. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, if you say like Alexa or order toilet paper, it's got you covered. Right. But uh, there's a lot more that it, it could be doing. Yeah. But it's its purpose is eventually for your automated home and connecting all of your disparate automated devices together through one central through thing. one central thing so you can say computer <laughs> like you're on star trek <laughs> i did get that reference yeah because because that's the dream yeah and i think that has to become ubiquitous for it to actually be worth while like that's the yeah. actual thing not taking my phone in my pocket and opening an yeah. app to change my lights but, or you know, open my door hey alexa turn on my movie watching lights like that would be a pretty cool thing yeah because that's again assuming perfect reliability <laughs> yes which isn't there no but that is a better and easier thing to do than getting up and yeah. flipping a switch or even reaching over and flipping yeah. a switch or for our other example Hey Alexa, time to get busy. <laughs> and the lights change and the music starts on your automated system. Yeah, that's still creepy. <laughs> that's still weird. Like if you're about to have sex with somebody new, you can't assume they put a bunch of forethought into it because it just makes it creepy. <laughs> I can't get over that. You know what it reminds me of? Mm -hmm. Uh weirdly, maybe not weirdly, uh Austin Powers. I've so been, the first Austin, have you seen any of the Austin Powers movies? I've never movies? seen an Austin Powers movie. Uh, well, it's a really good reference. It's like a satire on James Bond. It right? is. Uh, and and the the first one's the best one. The rest of them are not as good. Mm -hmm. uh, but so the, the premise is he was frozen in the 60s mm. uh, at the, you know, the peak of the swinging 60s and then brought back to life in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm -hmm. uh, and every, he's out of touch. So it's a fish out of water story, more so than it is a James Bond parody right uh but you know the the premise was you know men want to be him women want to have sex with him <laughs> uh, and constantly all the time right and so he meets his female partner and they go to his plane they're on his plane and he flips a switch and the rotating leopard print bed comes out <laughs> and the lights all change and the music and that's the famous line do i make you horny which is that's the worst Michael Myers, Austin Powers impersonation <laughs> I've ever heard. And it just came out of my mouth. Um, and like, that's the whole joke is like, this is super weird and awkward. Yeah. Uh, I, w I do. I uh, want to backtrack my statement a little bit. Yeah. If this is happening on a plane, I'm down. <laughs> You're okay with it? Like if you, take, if you take me to like your private plane, you can do whatever <laughs> pre-planned nonsense you want. Like we're on a private plane. Yeah, that's fair. It's not just your apartment. <laughs> what if the whole time it was in a plane and you just didn't know? That'd be even cooler. That would be pretty cool. I'd love to be tricked to being on a plane. <laughs> that sounds hard. It does. That sounds difficult. <laughs> I don't like guacamole and avocados. That's a thing I don't like. It's really? Just, yeah, it's just a me thing. Hmm. Uh, and we got... Chipotle once at a store meeting. Mm -hmm. We only we got half a burrito each. It was it was a half a burrito. They like took them all and like they made them, rolled them, and then sliced them. That's how do you start eating a cut in half burrito? Don't get me started. That's but... not that's not a burrito. I'm sorry, that's <laughs> offensive. <laughs> there was guacamole in like all of them. Yeah, and I'm like, 
Yeah, I don't like guacamole. Okay, I'm gonna eat this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like that's like I'm a picky eater, and like I I try I don't eat a lot of vegetables. Like if I you know order a cheeseburger somewhere, I'm like skip the veggies. I don't eat them. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But also, I can and I won't be sad. <laughs> right. And so you know, and so in the same way, like I'm I'm very sympathetic to people who have dietary restrictions, like yeah. who are like I don't eat this thing, and I'm like okay, well let's like make sure you have things to eat like i want right. i want you to be able to eat exactly um my uh, my only picky thing mm-hmm. i used to be pickier but i've trained myself yeah. out of my pickiness like i recently over the last couple of years trained myself out of not liking tomatoes oh wow um i still don't like tomatoes i still don't love tomatoes i've eaten tomatoes but i will i will yeah. eat a tomato in something and it's fine yeah um mushrooms though Oh, mushrooms are so great. Mm, can't get over mushrooms. I won't I eat a mushroom. Love mushrooms. They're gross. And and oh. I, I completely accept yeah. and understand that it's my brain. Sure. And if you fed me mushrooms and I couldn't tell they were mushrooms, I'd love them. Yeah. Well, I'm the same way about like tomatoes. Like yeah. you put tomatoes in a sauce. Right. You put them in a smoothie. Like, there's tomatoes in a lot of things. Yeah. That you'll and enjoy. it's fine. <laughs> But like a tomato slice in a salad, yeah, no, you'll avoid. I, I absolutely, yeah, and and I'm at the point now where I will just deal with it yeah. and eat it. I think Not I've mushroom. eaten like whole or sliced tomato twice in the last two years. Wow, uh, and and I can name both times. <laughs> uh, one was I'm going to by the way. Please. <laughs> Uh, one, I was at PAX, the very first year of PAX, when we went to a restaurant at the end of the night that had one of those, like, one pound burger, eat it and it's free, don't, and it's $30. Um, okay. There's two pound burger. It was a really big burger. One pound is pretty big. One, it, was, it was a big burger. I think it was a one pound burger. It also had, like, a pound of sweet potato fries. Ooh. And you had to eat all the fries, or else it didn't count. The fries were the trick. Time like, limit? One hour. Okay. Yeah, fries are the trick. That those that starts a really. I could have eaten you. the burger, but the fries were the problem. Yeah, and I was trying to balance them. Um, but so I got the burger, and you can't special order it. You can't say what you do or don't want on it. I think I said no mayonnaise. I think they were okay with that because yeah. mayonnaise is gross. You can't ask for it without cheese. Yeah, um, and so it came with like lettuce and like four big round slices of tomato. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to start. I'm going to eat that first and just get it out of the way. Just the and tomato? And so I poured, peel, peeled off the, the, the bun. I'm going to say the lid for a second. The bun. <laughs> uh, and like picked up the tomatoes and just like chowed down on them and ate them. Yeah. And mind you, those were like restaurant sliced tomatoes, which are probably the worst tomatoes. Like they're just bland and tasteless. Yeah. Uh, the other time I had were uh, I was went to go see a – musical at zilker park because they do musicals at zilker park Mm -hmm. uh and we went picnic style and one of the people i was with brought a bag of like heirloom tomatoes and like i ate one and it wasn't very good (laughs) (laughs) but i did it to prove that i could to myself i've I've never done uh uh eat this large thing and get it for free that was the only one i've ever done Uh, did you succeed no oh the sweet potato fries were the killer yeah yeah, starch man, they'll get you. Hey, well, that's that's why it's on the plate. Yep. <laughs> um, you did you do the whole burger? I did about half the burger because I was balancing. So I, I cut the burger into fourths, and I was oh. going to do a fourth of a burger, fourth fries, fourth of the burger, fourth nice. of the fries. Uh, and I did about half the burger, about half the fries. Hmm. I mean, you got to assume those things are on the menu because they make the money. 
Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah, like they're, I had hard, also, they're hard enough. I had also had two really large beers when oh, I ordered this. Okay. Um, <laughs> like those ones that come in like a goblet. Yeah. <laughs> I had at least two of those. Um, the closest thing I've ever done to that is <laughs> this is. Uh, in hindsight, this is really disgusting and horribly gluttonous. Okay. And I'm not, like, proud of it. Uh, but my siblings and I would do uh, Thanksgiving weight gain contests. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd weigh yourself before and after? Yeah. Because uh, Thanksgiving, you just you eat a lot of food. And yeah. we were like, well, why don't we see how much food we can eat? Um, <laughs> and uh, my siblings and I are were all very skinny. Yeah. people we were runners just very emaciated but with enormous <laughs> appetites because yeah. when we were like teenagers in yeah. high school um and i remember one year i got like real strategic about it and i was like i'll make i'll make my first plate and i'll get a little bit of everything yeah. just so i can you know enjoy some turkey and cranberry yeah, sauce have and some fun stuffing you know get a little bit of all the good stuff and then after that it was just plates full of mashed potatoes <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with that because I love mashed potatoes. Yeah, so, ma- like, plates full of mashed potatoes, I'm like, yep, sure. Mashed potatoes are my favorite thing, my yeah. favorite Thanksgiving dish. Uh, but they're also the heaviest thing. <laughs> and I was like, I need to put the heaviest thing into my body. Or, like, the densest thing. Yeah. Uh, gained nine pounds. In one day? In one day. Uh. Yeah. From, we all weighed ourselves, like, before we sat yeah. down and ate. And then when we finally, we each called it for ourselves when we were done eating. And then you went yourself nine pounds oh man uh a fr- we we enlisted some friends to yeah. do it at their own thanksgivings uh that year uh another friend did 11 oh imagine gaining 11 pounds that's outrageous in mashed potatoes it's <laughs> a lot of that that is a 10 pound sack of potatoes inside your body inside your body yeah that's that's gross yeah i and like i now see that as a horrible <laughs> Just senseless, terrible yeah. thing to do to yourself. Just eat what you want and then stop. Yeah, yeah. Like Thanksgiving is wonderful. The food is incredible. Yeah, you eat delicious food, and when you feel like you don't want to eat food anymore, you stop. Yeah. Uh, not that time though. Oh man. No, this was eat mashed potatoes until you're suffering. Oh, <laughs> that's so gross. Uh, I ate a birthday candle once. Did you say candle? I did. <laughs> okay. Uh. Like just one of the little sticks or one yeah, of the Yeah, one of the numbers. little ones. One of the little sticks. Was it on purpose? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, so you know how high schoolers are dumb? Mm-hmm. Okay. Established that. Yeah. There's no high schooler ever does a smart thing. Yeah. Uh, I was at a birthday party for a cute girl that I and my friend both had a crush on. Ooh. This is a bad start to begin with. Love triangle! Like things are already already dumb did the girl have any feelings reciprocating probably not yeah yeah probably not that sounds about right um like part of me would say yes and she was leading us both on and that was terrible but like that's high school me talking and high school me as we've established is an idiot yep we know that because this story climaxes in high school me eating a birthday candle <laughs> wait was it to impress a girl so we're both at this party and the candles have been lit and then blown out on the cake. And friend turns to me and says, I bet I can eat a birthday candle faster than you. 
I don't know. He could have said a slice of cake, but he didn't. <laughs> he said birthday candle. Oh, my God. And so we both took one and ate it. And he was fine. I immediately vomited. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's just with some sort of gag reflex. Like it was because you just knew you weren't supposed to be eating it. And uh, I was like prescient enough to get to the sink. Okay. So I vomited into the sink. All right. Um, which was really gross. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure. And I can tell you what I ate for dinner that night, which was uh, Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> Because I saw chunks of pineapple coming back up. Oh my god. Uh, and the host of this party, who was again a girl we both had a crush on, mm-hmm. very calmly, very nicely, just like went and like cleaned up the sink. And, and I felt fine afterwards. Like what I a, wasn't sick. Yeah, but Yeah. What a pro. Yeah. Man. Don't eat birthday candles. It's just wax, right? Yep. Wax and string. And like they're clearly made to like be edible because kids are dumb and might eat one. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't going to harm me to eat, but something about it like triggered a gag reflex and I was just immediately throwing up. Dang. Um, I don't know if I've ever eaten anything that you're not supposed to eat. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think of food eating contests, though. I have done... um, Dairy's rough. Don't do yeah. contests with dairy. I did a half gallon challenge. Oh. No. So I before I knew I that was, up, but I ate, I ate like a more than I ate like three quarters of it before I just ugh, just can't go on. Yeah. Was it milk? Was it cheese? Uh, no, ice cream. Oh, ice cream. Sorry. Yeah, half gallon ice cream. Half gallon. Oh. Challenge, which is like delicious because you're like, yeah, I love I, ice cream. I love ice cream. <laughs> So I drank a, and and this was before I knew this was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was me and some friends on the internet when, when AOL Instant Messenger was like the hot mm. hot thing. And so mm-hmm. we would spend hours there. Custom away messages? Oh, of course. Uh, the best ones were the ones that had like a quiz. So somebody's made way you had to fill out the quiz. <laughs> or you can set it to your now playing from your... Uh, yeah. Winamp. Winamp. Yes, that's <laughs> Uh, so I was talking to them and like, I had never even heard of like the gallon milk challenge, Yeah, but I drank a lot of milk as a kid. Mm. Uh, like just, that was, I guess. Yeah. I just drank tons (laughs) of milk. Uh, I still like milk. I don't drink it nearly as much as I used to. It's really good. I love milk. Milk's delicious. Yeah. Uh, and I drank a quart of milk in my, in 30 seconds. Uh, which was a lot and fast. Yeah, that's a lot and fast for sure. Yeah. Oh my god. I didn't throw up or feel sick afterwards, but like that was gonna be my limit. Like any more than that, we would have had a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I was like, so like I'm gonna start now, and then I hit like now, and then I timed it, and then drank the thing, and then. Wow. Uh, uh the the one food eating achievement I did get, mm-hmm. like the like the gallon challenge or yeah. those kinds of things. There's a. Five saltines. It's in six saltines. Six saltines. Yeah, six saltines in thirty seconds. I did it. I think it was a minute. Six saltines in thirty seconds seems impossible. What, what, whatever. It whatever was, it was. Yeah. You succeeded. I did it. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, it's not thirty seconds. It's a minute. And I remember, like, I like practiced <laughs> and was very determined. Yeah, that, that was hard. But that. That's I've the, I've attempted that one a few times. That's the dumb thing I've. Attempted. I got close on that one, but. Um, that's my trick was two saltines at a time. That was my strategy. Mm. 
So if I do two saltines in 20 seconds and then do that two more times, I was okay. The trick is uh, preload with lots of saliva. <laughs> That's gross and probably true. <laughs> um, the other thing that I really failed at yeah. was a uh, jalapeno eating contest. Oh. I was at a – are you familiar with the – I don't know if you would be. Uh, amongst uh, high school cross-country teams, there's the phenomenon of a – Pasta party. It's where you, you carbo load. You, yeah, you carbo load. eat a bunch of pasta. And um, you, you totally do it wrong because we would do it like the night before a race. Yeah. Which is not, not when you're supposed to the do it. right time to fill your body with pasta. Okay. Good to know. Uh, the right time would be the day before that. Oh. Um, because then you just wake up the next morning and you just got like a bunch of heavy <laughs> pasta in your stomach and it hasn't digested into available sugar yet. <laughs> Good to know. But regardless, we'd have wild parties the day, the night before races, and we'd get a bunch of pasta, eat a bunch of pasta, and do stupid things. Yeah. Um. But someone had a one of those like from Costco or whatever, like large containers of like jalapeno slices in, oh. in oil. <laughs> yep. You know, like the gallon, like size. the kind you see at like state fairs. <laughs> exactly. Um. And so, every, like, a bunch of people were like, hey, let's see how many of these we can eat because we're high school boys. And we're dumb. And we're dumb. <laughs> and there's girls here we have crushes and on. And we got to impress them by eating hot things. <laughs> that's that's how we do that. And so we each, like, poured, like, a bowl yeah. of these, like, slices. Uh, and uh, I did, like, a dozen. Those aren't even very good. Like, they're no, not, like, they're not. tasty. And, like, I, I have a relatively highish tolerance to spiciness okay so like a jalapeno to me is like pretty spicy yeah um i like i can eat things with habanero in it and i'm like feeling it yeah yeah whereas a lot of people are like "Ooh, mild salsa like <laughs> slow down um i remember my, my brother was there my brother went way more because my brother is a uh really loves pain okay he just really loves really it. into that um and all the tattoos yeah but so like I did, I did like a dozen. Yeah, I probably did like twenty, and then this one kid did thirty-five, oh. uh, because he. This was probably really bad for him. Uh, he was the he was the one person who was he was like the best on the team. Yeah, because he seemed to be impervious to pain. <laughs> um, like getting when you get to know him better, you realize he feels the pain. But he has something broken inside of him oh. where he's capable of pushing past any no level of it, right? Uh, he loved running so much that he would just run and run and run and yeah. he'd like just injure himself and just run through it. Like oh. he he would run so much and hurt himself so much that he took so much ibuprofen that he got an ulcer. Oh, that's and then, bad. And then like a year later was eating 30-something jalapeno oh. slices. <laughs> But he just like you know would stare you down and be like, I can keep doing this because I can push past anything. Yeah. And everyone else would be like, Oh, it hurts. But yeah, I did uh, eating food to impress people is a really stupid dumb thing to do. Thing to like, do. <laughs> high school was uh, weird. Yeah. Uh, speaking of spicy things, I ate uh, what I I get Kirby Lane Cafe and the Magnolia Cafe very confused. Okay. They're both cafes in austin mm -hmm. and i think this was at the magnolia cafe sure but i don't know okay um but they have a, a three taco breakfast plate mm -hmm. 
um, which I'm like, I love breakfast tacos. Breakfast tacos are, are the best kind of taco. Okay. Um, and they're like, it's a fact. Okay. <laughs> it's a correct fact. <laughs> like uh, white bezels on. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it was like, I don't know the name of it, but it was like super spicy breakfast tacos. Mm-hmm. And there was probably like, there was, there was some hot salsa and probably three jalapenos mm-hmm. like chopped up in each taco. Like definitely. Yeah. Like an intense taco experience. Uh, and I had not gotten used to spicy foods yet. Mm. Like, I've grown up in Texas, and so my spice threshold has always been higher than, say, Amy's, who grew up in North Carolina, where spicy food doesn't exist. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but I I don't know. I, I was there, and I'm like, I want breakfast tacos, and this is what they have. And so I'm going to order this three-taco plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really good. And I was like, oh, I can't eat spicy things. And it was a very nice excitement thing, and it didn't end terribly. Oh, nice. I ate all three. They were very spicy. You didn't suffer for it afterwards? No. Well, I mean, as much as I do for any spicy foods. Yeah. But. Um, I I think there's there can be value. So I think forcing yourself to eat things to prove a point or to impress is stupid. Yeah. And it's never a good idea. Don't do it. Um, in general, I enjoy eating things that are moderately spicy to my palate, but not to the point of suffering. Yeah. But then every once in a while, I think there's value in like suffering through a dish that's like way too spicy for you, but it's just so good anyway. Like I remember of all places, uh, I was in Montreal mm-hmm. and I went, we went to this Indian place, Ooh. like around the corner, just like little random yeah, Indian little, shop. Little, right? just hole in the wall and sort you, of and place. And you get the, the big aluminum tray and they just fill it with all the curries Food, and yeah. you get the you get the naan and the rices and just it's this whole big thing and you just mix it all up yeah uh and i remember just like pounding that whole tray and just crying my whole way through <laughs> it but it, like everything is so like unique yeah. and it was new to me and it was just so intense and i couldn't handle it but i did because it was delicious yeah i did that i went to uh a thai place in grapevine actually i was visiting my family not too long ago and this thai place has been there my whole life, as far as yeah. I know. Like, I, I have seen this place in a shopping center that I drive by every time I was going to my house. Like, mm-hmm. if I was going anywhere to or from my house, I would drive by this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'd ever eaten there before, but my family had started going with some other friends, and so we went there. And I'm like, I can do spicy food. And so I got, you know, they do their scale of one to five yeah. of whatever spicy food. And I think I did a three because um, I'm like, well, that's medium. I can probably do medium. Right. Uh, seems safe. Like I don't, I don't need a one or two because that's, you know, that's for babies. Yeah, they'll uh, they'll judge you. Yeah, when you order they that. will. That's the thing. I'm like, <laughs> uh, and it was way too spicy. <laughs> really? Yeah, I finished it, but it was definitely yeah. too spicy. Yeah, uh, I had a friend uh, who was Thai in grad school, who went to the Thai, went to a Thai restaurant with us, and got it Thai spicy. Which is the max? Well, that's not a, that's not a number option they give you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not one to five. It's like you go no no Thai spicy. Like you have to be Thai <laughs> for them to give it. to It you. helps, yeah. Yeah. Because anyone else goes and they go, no no one to five. <laughs> like no, pick a like we'll give you five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that is intense. Yeah, I bet. 
Have you ever uh, have you ever had Szechuan pepper or like Szechuan? I've had like Szechuan food? chicken from like cheap Chinese restaurants. Um, so there's a there's a Chinese place across the street uh, called Szechuan House. Okay, which is like a pretty generic, just like Chinese yeah. takeout place. But they it's the first time I've ever had stuff that's cooked with actual Szechuan peppers. Oh, I don't know that I have. Um, and I've always like I've always heard it described as a different kind of spicy. Like Mexican spicy is very fiery. Like yeah. you really feel it. Um, like and then Asian spicy can be a, a it's like a different kind. Yeah, of spicy, absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, but then Szechuan spicy is a very specific thing where it's spicy but it's numbing. Huh. You, you've never had this. I, I don't. I don't know this. And so yeah, it's it's really weird, and I never experienced it until I've had this place. And I'm sure this is like not an actual representation of Szechuan food. Sure, <clears throat> but there's something about this Szechuan pepper that you feel. It's like Mexican spicy, where, like, say you eat a, a jalapeno or a yeah. habanero or something, and you feel, you like you taste the spicy flavor mm-hmm. but then your face and your mouth feels those like warm and yeah. fiery after effects yeah szechuan you just feel all the after effects but you don't taste huh. like the flavor like i think it contributes some some flavor to the the to the dish mm-hmm. but it's not a spicy flavor but you huh. just feel all the stuff just anyway feel really hot yeah like you're like oh my gosh i'm eating something spicy but it just tastes like chinese takeout chicken yeah it's it's really bizarre but huh. it's, it, it it hits you in this really weird way actually interesting tricks you into thinking you can like eat more deal <laughs> survive with it better it? than you actually can but no but then your body's like wait stop like you're suffering <laughs> you, but you don't taste a spiciness to it it's really huh it's good cool yeah i I want to, because I'm still kind of (laughs) dumb, I want to at some point just eat a habanero. Just a whole one. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. Yeah. Absolutely don't do it. Try a jalapeno first. I've eaten a jalapeno. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, it's spicy. Yeah. Like, I I just... I mean, habaneros aren't... Well, there are no bad. ghost peppers. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's yeah, there's so much of magnitude yeah. above. Um, but but a habanero mm-hmm. is going to be one of the spicier peppers that you're going to find in like a grocery store, right? And like I can eat things with habanero in it, mm-hmm. like a habanero sauce or something yeah. cooked with some habanero, and it's like that's my limit. Yeah, well, we make a, a soup, Amy and I. That's um, we make it when we're sick because it, it's real spicy. I mean, so it's got it's got a bunch of cilantro in it. Really empties you out. Yeah, it's got a lot of. Uh, <laughs> usually, we'll put a serrano pepper or two, and one time because we were both feeling really terrible, we put a habanero in it. Yeah, uh, and then it's all food processor, so you just you drop in the food processor, and just just goes. Yep. We dropped a habanero in there. And that was hot. Mm. That was a hot. Ooh, in, a, in a soup, soup. That sounds good. It really yeah. empties those sinuses. Oh huh? yeah, absolutely. We only did that once, but uh, it was a very <laughs> spicy soup. Um, but part of me was just like, I want, and and it's not. Because, like, it would be a fun thing. <laughs> but I want that experience. You just want to know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is a video on the internet of me uh, eating a handful of mints. Like, I had a little, like, tin of, like, 
cheap mints from a thing some at like a convention or something. Yeah. And I put them all in my hand and ate them all at once. Is that intense? Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's very menthol-y. so it, it burns. Interesting, like a like a menthol. Yeah. It was, uh, and I just did it to experience it. I'm just gonna eat all these. <laughs> uh, and see when you there's a adulthood line that you cross where you go from doing dumb stuff to impress someone you have a crush on to doing dumb stuff to experience it. <laughs> <laughs> 